Episode 176 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and as you can hear, we're on the Zoom. We're we back. We have a guest. Yeah. We're, well, we're back every week. <laughs> it just goes on and on forever. In but, perpetuity. Uh, we're on the Zoom, and we have co-host Adam. He's here. Of course, as is tradition. Yes. And if we're on Zoom, that means we're trying our best to have guests on because they can socially distance as far as they want but this one's only about 30 miles away. Uh, <laughs> this week, our guest is Adam Bashline of Bash Brew, well-renowned home brewer in the Pittsburgh scene. Can we say that? I'll, I'll take at least uh, Pittsburgh-renowned, maybe. I don't know about yeah. the world. I haven't shipped <laughs> any other countries yet. <laughs> I said well-renowned. I didn't say world. <laughs> oh, I thought you said world. I'll take well. No, I will, I'll take <laughs> But I uh, like so- where your head's at. That's very optimistic. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> We're having Adam on this week because, I mean, I just like having two Adams at once, but <laughs> <laughs> but really, uh, you know, we haven't talked much homebrewing in the past couple months as quarantine locked us all down, and that's because we really didn't do any homebrewing either. No, I, I think this is the longest period of time that I personally have gone without homebrewing in. I'll say since the beginning. Great. That's a great time frame for, for the audience. About four years. <laughs> oh, no. It's been longer than four years, Steve. Okay. Four, five, six. However. I, I want to say it's been six or seven years now. Okay. <laughs> so since then, I think this is the longest that I've gone without, without brewing a fresh batch. Yeah. When you say since the beginning, a lot of people start thinking, uh, you know, dinosaurs. Jesus. Oh, Christ. no. I'm not talking in the <laughs> biblical sense where, you know, there was nothing and then there was something. Yeah. No, like 2014, you know, Lady Gaga kind of time frame. <laughs> On the seventh day, he decided to homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> and it was good. But yeah, we're having Adam on because we wanted to talk a little bit of homebrewing, try to get caught up in the scene a little bit. So Adam has graciously gifted us three of his own beers that he's brewed himself. And we wanted to talk about them tonight. And tonight we're going to start with one that he brewed specifically for October, and it's called Bash Cancer. So I'll let him take it away and tell us all about this beer. Sure. So uh, this is a Blondale recipe I had from a few years ago that I've just kind of been tinkering with and changing the malts a little bit and switching up the hops a little bit. So we kind of had a Blondale uh, on the schedule for the fall time um, and decided to use a hop I got from Vancouver, British Columbia called Sasquatch. I like it already. Yeah. So we're like, oh, we're going to do a Sasquatch blonde ale and see what this hop tastes like. So it's it's slightly hoppy for a blonde just because we weren't really sure what to expect. Um, And then I think like three days before the brew day, um, we were discussing like, hey, it'd be cool if we could get this and do the chair. We were kind of kicking around this charity idea. Uh, to do uh, a, a charity drive for breast cancer research. Um, so we were like, oh, we should brew a pink beer. And I'm like, well, this is only a blonde. It would be easy to turn a pink. Let's research how. 
Um, and we decided to go with a hibiscus tea from Blue Monkey, and they're in um, they're in Oakland, I believe. Oh, um, nice and local. Okay. So Pittsburgh, local tea. Pittsburgh, Oakland, not California, Oakland. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Um. So yeah, and it turned. We used about a half a pound of tea in a ten-gallon batch, and got a nice pink hue off of it, purple. Um, it's kind of turning more purple as it as it sits in the keg, but uh. And it gives it a nice tart, uh, a little floral, a little bit of a tartness to it, a little lemon, um, along with the hoppies from that Sasquatch hops. And uh, yeah, and we we threw it. Uh, we're actually calling it Save the TTs, and it's our Bash Cancer uh, headliner brew, I guess. Nice. So uh, what kind of numbers would we be looking at uh, on this beer? Uh, ABV, IBUs, things like that. Obviously, IBUs, are, I assume, are going to be kind of low. Yeah, IBUs I don't really measure, um, but yeah, very low. Like in the in what your typical traditional blonde yield would be, a little bit on the higher end. Uh, ABV is five and a half. Nice, good drinker then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have mine poured out, uh, and you are correct that going for the the pink purple hue. Yeah, I was very surprised when I poured this out of the bottle at first because I was expecting you know just a regular beer colored beer, and as soon as it hit the glass, I go, "This is way different." <laughs> so you definitely nailed it on this one for sure yeah and you even get like a, a pretty cool like pink hue in the in the head on it too mm-hmm. when, i noticed that as well yeah, yeah so well executed on that one thank you yeah i'll say for me it, it does look a bit like cranberry juice but i was surprised that you have that little bit of pink head mm-hmm. it's just yeah it's just kind of a neat thing you don't see that too often if at all Ooh. <laughs> so I took a sip. I, I kind of jumped yeah. ahead a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you had a sti- uh, sip yet or not, Steve, but uh, I think you're going to like this one. This one, uh, this one brings the tea for sure. Yeah, so I've been drinking on it a little bit because I was trying to solve technical issues, and I, that's what <laughs> I do. <laughs> but, Drinking does solve all technical issues one way or another. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has like a nice smooth tea flavor to it, but it's not overly powering in mm-hmm. an herbaceous way, Ooh. if that makes sense. That's a yeah, fifty cent word. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, it has a it has a nice you know tea flavor to it, and but it's not. Uh, I would say it's pretty balanced overall because mm-hmm. it's not overly hoppy. Even though you know you were saying it's probably more hoppy than your average Blondale, but yeah. you know you still get a decent malt backbone, and it's still generally refreshing. Yes, and so, I think the the slightly hoppiness does pair well with that tea as well. I think the tea needs something to kind of play with a little bit. And I, mm-hmm. and I think, I think it works out really well with this. Yeah. I would say so as well. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, the, the charity you were doing with this. So as we know for home brewers, we're not allowed to sell beer, <laughs> right? But if you make a donation <laughs> and you happen to get a bottle, <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's kind of how we uh, are are using. Yeah, how that's kind of how we're wording it on our end. So yeah. uh, we kind of put it out there on our social media and a couple of groups we belong to. That um, yeah, if you donate ten dollars, uh, you will get a sticker for your donation, and then you will be gifted two beers of your choice. So the, of course, the one we headed with was the Save the TT's uh, Hibiscus Blonde here. And then the other two we're drinking today, the apple fritter uh, ale um, called, oh, oh, my God, look at that face. 
and then our pumpkin roll stout called Chat Feast. So those three beers were kind of made available, um, and I've kind of like started accepting donations and orders and setting pickups and drop-offs and everything else. Um, but the the organization it's going to is called a Glimmer of Hope Foundation, and they're located here in Pittsburgh. Um, and they we chose them because they kind of gather up funds and then send it to different cancer centers around the Pittsburgh area, like probably the Tri-County or surrounding counties, the Allegheny County area for um, any med or any cancer centers that need research equipment um, or, or anything else to enable them to do research. And I felt that was important because I know it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month and there's breast cancer awareness charities, but I feel like the awareness is there and now it's time to actually fight this thing. <laughs> now so, we got to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to find a research charity. Um, and instead of picking one of the cancer centers, I felt like I'll give it to them and they distribute everything they receive. So yeah, uh, nice. good deal. Yeah. Not, not to throw shade at any specific charity, but some of them are more just front facing uh, awareness groups. Whereas it sounds like it sounds like this glimmer of hope group is much more practical of you know actually putting the money to work with right. actual you know with actual equipment and resource. Yeah, so, and yeah. I and I never reached out to them about doing it. I just tagged them when we started, mm -hmm. and they reached out and have been very kind and that's fantastic with me on how it's going and stuff. Um, so everybody with that organization has been very nice. Right on. Yeah, on top of everything, so it's so. It's, it's, been rewarding so with with this beer was this a a single batch beer that you made or did you make this beer multiple times to be able to fit demand uh we just made it one time uh, we're brewing uh it's a 10 gallon batch but i squeezed like 11 gallons out of it <laughs> um and with with getting all three batches that size um and then saying pick two like mm -hmm. so i'm not giving like a six pack to any one person We've been able to stretch it. We just kicked the fritter this week, actually. Um, so, and that's the first one to go. But we still have, uh, I'd say, about a half a keg to three quarters keg of the of the hibiscus tea blonde and the pumpkin roll stuff. Nice. So we're doing pretty good. Um, I think we're gonna make it to the end of the month. Uh, we also started a raffle this week since the beer is getting low, and for two dollars <laughs> for Venmo. Uh, you have the chance to win a, a baseball hat and a Bashford t-shirt. Awesome. Right on, right on. To try to make that last, that last yeah. little push in the finish line. Yeah. And you guys will be accepting donations till the end of the month. And yeah, if they, yeah. if they, uh, if they want to. The first couple of days of November, if there's people that are still hitting me up regularly, but yeah, pretty much till uh, October 31st. Right on. Awesome. And uh, if people want to get in on that raffle, they just search at bash brew on the uh at bash brew on venmo and um just send me your contact information like a phone number or email so if you win i can get a hold of you and uh that's it and yeah for every two dollars you get a you get a raffle number so cool awesome and you can uh, right. you can also check out all the uh you can check out the hat and everything on at bash brew on instagram and yeah, at, uh, at bash underscore brew on Instagram. And then if you just search bash brew on Facebook, we have a page on there too. Yeah. 
Nice. Cool. 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 So you were talking about how you did a 10 gallon batch production for the, the save the TTs beer, as well as for the shat faced and the apple fritter. Is that a normal like homebrewing schedule for you? Cause I know Adam and I, Pop Nation, Adam and I. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to make that distinction all night, yeah. Steve. Yep. So when we brewed, uh, I don't know, we're we're maybe on a once every quarter schedule. Yeah, maybe a little more frequent than that. You're usually yeah. pretty good about coming up with recipes and kind of nudging yeah. me along as well. That's yeah, uh, a little more often than that. Yeah. Well, we would do two batches in that brew day as well. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so true. Like, yeah. But uh, how how common is it for you to brew? Is this like an extra heavy workload that you put in for October, or are you pretty frequent with it? The actually the beers we got ready for the charity drive, it was like in our normal schedule, which was just I I have a ten gallon system basically, so uh, it was just every other Saturday typically we brew. Um, me and my uh, my wife, Lori, and my buddy, since the pandemic, my buddy, Matt Anderson, has gotten in as kind of my cobra because we got the 10-gallon system up and running uh, like mid-June. And I, I now I always need a brew assistant to <laughs> keep the beer where it's supposed to be going. It makes so, things so much easier, doesn't it? Yeah. So he's volunteered his his services uh, every Saturday gladly to come and drink beer and brew some beer. And then my wife's <laughs> Um, but on the chance to get to work, then me and Matt are down here brewing up. But um, I only increased the schedule to – I brewed the last three weekends in a row just to get beer back in my kegs from the event. But leading up to the event, I just – we just kind of plotted them out so that I'll be ready relatively soon. That the um, – oh, my God, look at that face. Apple fritter came out halfway through October. But I told everybody at the beginning it was being made. And mm-hmm. if they wanted it, they can order it, and I'll just – I just contacted them when I was ready. So on, on your brewery schedule, do you plan things out, you know, weeks and months in advance, or you just sort of say, all right, I know I have a brew day, and say that Tuesday or Wednesday, I just sort of say, I think I'm going to do a porter, or I'm going to do an IPA. Is it just sort of, you know, whatever hits you, or do you have things planned out six, eight weeks in advance? It's, it's been like six, eight weeks in advance lately. Um, before we started doing the homebrew competitions and stuff, it was kind of more on a whim. Mm-hmm. But we started doing competitions uh, a little over two years ago, and we're planning, like, what we wanted to take to the competitions. Then once COVID hit this year, yeah, I just was all – I had all – I just lined up a bunch of recipes I wanted to do. <laughs> I was burning, when COVID initially hit, we were still on our five-gallon system, and I was probably burning every weekend because we were mm-hmm. just in complete lockdown. So I'd, I'd find a way to get ingredients from either more beer or the local beer store, whoever was open. and had supplies i was gonna ask about that how how did how were you able to cope with that during the the shutdown in terms of getting ingredients and things like that did you kind of have to simplify the playbook or how did you get uh, through that yeah if it was a more um there were some times we had to switch the weeks up and do like a simpler brew um because if it was something we needed to get for more beer there was like a two to three week delay because they're i mean they're trying to get stuff ready for the pro burst so Mm -hmm. right anything delivered to our front door and they were still honoring their free shipping and everything. Um, we were grateful for that. But, yeah, sometimes we just had to shift it around. We used some alternative – mostly yeast was kind of uh, 
low in low quantities. Um, so we substituted some yeasts that we normally wouldn't use. But other than that, it, we could get a hold of almost everything. Good. So you didn't have to go in on a Saturday morning and put together some sort of Franken beer and hope that it worked <laughs> with whatever you had laying around. <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> <laughs> scraps mutt <laughs> sometimes those are the best ones and you can never replicate them sometimes yeah. they do turn out well i mean i can't lie sometimes there's just like a pound of malt that's been sitting uncrushed for a couple months and i'm like that you're going in this beer yep <laughs> going for a ride yep since covid have you been able to enter any brew competitions or like have those basically gone completely away no, they're basically gone. I mean, I'm sure there's some national ones where you can, like, send your beer in still. Um, but we were doing, like, the local kind of festivals and stuff where it's, like, in-person sampling. Mm -hmm. So for mm -hmm. us, they've been gone. Yeah. Hey, that's usually what we did, too. Like, we were scheduled to do one in, well, what was it? It was originally going to be August. Yes. And then it got moved to October and then it got canceled outright or something like that. And now it's 2021 with yeah. a question mark. Right. <laughs> to be determined. But yeah, with, with all of that happened, you know, again, we kind of just fell out of the scene for, mm -hmm. you know, the little that we were in it. Cause I mean, we weren't part of any homebrew clubs or anything. We're just two renegades. <laughs> right. That, that's how you're going to market us, Steve. Yep. <laughs> Two renegades with a propane burner and a dream. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> dream of putting goofy-ass shit in beer. <laughs> I'll be honest. One of the other things, like for me personally, I kind of shifted away from homebrewing a little bit this year as well because I also wanted to support a lot of the local breweries to you know make sure that they were still up and viable as well. So I kind of shifted my, I'll say my purchasing power, what little I had, to kind of, you know, make sure that all the breweries around Pittsburgh were able to keep their doors open as well. And that got the uh, the beer fridge open or uh, full really quick. Yeah. So I, I never really had that kind of, you know, push to say, hey, I need more beer. I should just make some. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, I mean, that's good to hear. We, we've done the same. I mean, we're, we've got so much beer sitting around the house. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we would always try to like, it was kind of like a Saturday morning tradition, like, would order online from almost every week would hit abjuration up because they're real local to us and then pick another couch or, or inner groove or somebody else. Um, and then we'd drive around and pick up all the beer and then come home and brew. And like that was just our one time out on a Saturday and then <laughs> back, back to quarantine. But yeah, we, uh, we definitely filled up and we had to get creative on how to get rid of our home brew so we could brew more. Like, mm -hmm. Only sit on too many kegs. I ended up buying a six tap keezer during quarantine. Oh my! To kegs in there because um, I only had a two tap uh, like uh, kegerator upstairs. Mm -hmm. So we expanded our serving quantity and uh, <laughs> you know put put out the feelers to hey anybody that needs a growler or beer just stop over. You know? I say, do you have all six uh, all six taps employed right now? We have four, four of them. Nice. What do you have on them? <laughs> so it's the three we're drinking tonight, and then there's a cucumber wheat on the fourth. Oh, ooh. I got to ask about that one. How did that one come to be? Um, that one I did in my – like one of the first recipes I put together was the cucumber wheat, and it was 
he came, I was out of town on a work conference and staying at a, a nicer hotel than I would ever book for myself. <laughs> and you go down to the lobby in the morning and they have the pitcher of cucumber water there. Hmm. So I'm like, Ooh, fancy. Let me try that. <laughs> and I, I'd go down there and drink it every morning. I was like, that is super refreshing. And it was like, probably March or April. I'm like this, I wonder if you could make a beer with cucumber water. And, uh, you know, I got home and the summer months were coming and I was just doing five gallon batches for myself and a couple of friends. Um, I was actually living in DC at the time. So I was just like, I'll just throw, I'll slice up some cucumbers. I looked up on some of the forums and they said like skin them and people put them in the mash. People put them in the boil. People put them in the fermenter. Um, so I just threw them in the last 10 minutes of the boil, like washed them real good mm -hmm. and threw them in the boil. So if there was anything funky about them, it would boil off and the flavor came through wonderfully. And it was just in like a, a wheat clone recipe I had for something. And, um, so I just kept tinkering with it and, uh, it turned out pretty well. Going to the bigger system, it takes a lot more cucumbers. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that the cucumber flavor was able to come out that prominently because I assume that it's kind of, you know, a fairly watery vegetable. Uh, you know, a lot of that flavor would just sort of dissipate rather quickly. That's, that's good to know that you were able to pull that flavor out. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I don't know if that wateriness helps it carry through the beer or what, but I, I, was, Maybe? I was pretty surprised because I was completely um, ready to, like, dry hop some more cucumber if I needed it. But... <laughs> I didn't, I didn't need to do that. So <laughs> well, it worked out. And then we, we throw a little lemongrass in there for a little bit of, you know, a little flavor and more for the aroma. Yeah. Kind of good cucumber. And yeah, that, that one, um, that one turns out pretty well. We do that every, at least once every summer. Nice. It's, that makes sense. We, uh, I believe it was like 2018 now, and I'll ask you about this in a minute, but like we went to Cooper's Lake, Adam and I did. Adam Hop Nation. Hop Na there you Adam. go. There you go. <laughs> we went to Cooper's Lake, and it seemed like everybody was on the cucumber and or pickle train mm -hmm. of making you know, like those cucumber wheats, or I believe we even had a cucumber seltzer. And it was, it was surprising that like so many people were able to, you know, just nail that refreshingness, but also you know maintain the flavor. So yeah, it, it's 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 funny how like everybody seems to get the same idea once. <laughs> right. and, and that year you know that year it was everybody was cucumbers and there was a lot of jalapeno beers yes. as well i was a fan of those i'll admit yeah yeah but uh, like yeah but uh my question is so like you've competed in a lot of places have you uh were you ever able to experience cooper's lake up in butler we went for our first time uh last year and supposedly that's the last year it was yeah. <laughs> yep. Going to be going on. Um, but yeah, I had a blast. Um, it was really sad. Like I, we came home and I couldn't stop talking about it and was like, we're doing that every year. We're bringing four more beers next year. Da, da, da. And then, <laughs> that was it. That was the last year. And I'm, I was just super bummed. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, we were, we were kind of broken up about it too. Mm -hmm. uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Cooper's Lake was an event up near Moraine State Park in Butler, PA, where everybody, like, it was just homebrewers camping for a weekend, and you could go up and potentially sample 130-some beers. Like, 
We tried our damnedest. We couldn't get anywhere close to that number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it was a good time because, like, that was also, like, where we met, like, Bobby Nacho because he was still home brewing for one of the club. Like, he was representing one of the clubs up there. Right. So, yeah. He, there's yeah, a lot. He, was, uh, he's actually the one that talked us into going. Yeah. Oh, very nice. And the uh, competition somewhere else. And he's like, don't, don't even sign up. He's like, come to Cooper's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, yeah, Nacho is the reason we ended up there. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Him and a couple other homebrewers from Door Top out in uh, Greensburg. Okay. They, they were like, don't do that competition. We're not going. Go to <laughs> like, right. twisted my arm just a little bit. That's all I needed. Yeah, it was a it was definitely a lot more fun that that event. It was it was sad that I only like I only found out about it two years before it ended, but then you know it did last year. So shame. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is Hop Nation USA has an opportunity to resurrect that. Sure. You just, gotta open up, you just got to open up that wallet skin, Flint. <laughs> and so if anybody wants to sponsor this, <laughs> I don't know, Caterpillar uh, diesel engines, I can throw some well, money our way. We'll talk to like some CBD company. They'll sponsor anything. <laughs> <laughs> they got to get their name out there. Yeah. I mean, we do that. We can get John Fetterman involved. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get his got, wife involved. Yeah, she'll, they've got clout. She'll, uh, you know, help us get uh, sponsorship from Funyuns if you follow <laughs> your Twitter at all. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Just a pillowcase of Funyuns on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so is so aside from that really fun Cooper's Lake event, has there been any uh, homebrew events that you've participated in that you thought like really stood out and that you hope come back one day? Um, yeah, well, I can like pick one for each season. I'll just name a couple real quick. Rhapsody and Brew out in Lawrenceville. Um, we've done that two years in a row and that was great. Um, the Oakwood, Oakmont Yacht Club. Mm. Mm-hmm. Threw one every year. And that was actually the first one we ever did. Um, and I was kind of nervous because I was like, oh, Yacht Club, do I need my, you know, Bermuda shorts? <laughs> Get your Sperry's. But it was just an outdoor beer fest right off the river and it was great uh, i'll do that one all the time and then uh the true homebrew club every typically every october throws a uh it's called bring up a cure hell yeah um, mm-hmm. and that one goes to charity and uh and we, that one was a blast that one had a huge turnout last year um, on the brewer side and the attendee side. I said, I, I've been there multiple years on the attendee side, and I always look forward to it. It's always a great time. So I, I don't think that one's going anywhere. I don't think any of them are probably going anywhere. Um, but I really hope those, at least those three come back. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we've never done a bad one. There's, Greensburg holds one for their craft beer week that's put together really well. Um, oh, that's good to hear. I like I yeah, I know we talk about it every year it comes up, but like we've never participated or went, but we just like supporting home brewing. But uh, yeah, that one's that one's a good blast. to know that that's a good one out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like again, also vouch for brewing up a cure. And then I believe it was Brian the Welland, uh, who was going to put on like he also works with the shriners to put on a homebrew fest which is what we were going to participate in but he also has participated in that oakmont yacht club mm-hmm. as yeah. well as um 
So it's Creekside Brews. It's not Creekside Beers. That's different from the distro. <laughs> There's Creekside Beers. And those guys also do the Oakmont. And they actually won it one year. Yeah. And I believe their winning recipe went on to become a smoked uh, smoke saison at uh, Hop Farm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was yeah. actually that was our first competition we were ever at. Was the one they won with that beer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... right next to us. Super easy. <laughs> <laughs> so well, but don't yeah, feel... we, were, we would actually have been against you guys in North Hills. We were going to do that one with Brian Llewellyn for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Uh, well, with a really little bit of, yeah, with a little bit of luck, we'll see you there in 2021. Yeah. 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 It's not really a competition against us. We're just kind of there. We have we have stuff to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Field fillers. Yeah. Uh, don't don't feel too bad about feeling intimidated by the guys from Creekside because the first homebrew competition Ab and I ever participated in was at Wiggle Whiskey, and right next to us was Jake Beer of Mexican War Streets, whatever the uh-huh. hell it's called, <laughs> and he like he brought a pumpkin ale that just like blew everybody out of the, you know, out of the water. He just ate everybody's lunch with that one. Yeah. (laughs) So we're just like, Oh, okay. Well, that's fun. (laughs) We had a good time and walk away. Yeah. We had a good time, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's good that, you know, hopefully these homebrew events can come back. Uh, they're always a good time. They're always a, a fun way to meet people in the community mm-hmm. as well as you're more likely to try something you've never had before than, you know, at just like a regular homebrew or at a regular beer fest. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they usually have a good cause behind them. At least some of the proceeds usually are going to a charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so brewing up a cure always goes to cystic fibrosis. Right. I believe. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And, um, you know, they're even like the, the Oakmont one, I think they pick a charity every year to benefit a little bit and have them there to set up their booth and stuff. I mm-hmm. know that the uh, Pitbull chair, local Pitbull charity was there this year. Right. Right. Um, and stuff. So there were a lot of cool dogs hanging around and <laughs> uh, that, those guys like eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the other nice thing is on the beer side, with a lot of these bigger homebrew events, you can kind of see where beer is headed. You know, what kind of different ingredients and what kind of styles are going to be kind of leading the pack. Like Steve, you had mentioned earlier uh, about Cooper's Lake a year or so ago. Seltzers were coming into play there. Mm-hmm. And on the, on the commercial side, they, you know, there was basically nothing. And now they're everywhere. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting one. Right. <laughs> So it's it's nice to kind of see where things are going because homebrewers are are able to be a lot more experimental and they're able to to play a lot more. So you can yeah. see where things are going and and where the trends are going to be coming from. It, it's kind of a proving ground, you know. Everybody mm-hmm. sees what's possible because you don't want to just put something in your tap room and sell it if it's you know ass. You don't want to like burn <laughs> ten thousand dollars on a shitty pilot batch or something. But right. if you have something at a home brew fest and go, ah, maybe I can replicate this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and yeah, uh, but yeah, coming back around to the beer that we're drinking from Adam, the save the TTs. Bash Cancer Hibiscus Tea Blondale. It's good beer. It is a good beer, uh, yeah. especially if you like tea beers. And Steve, I know that's probably one of your top three. Dude, I've been crushing tea this week. I believe it. 
<laughs> I've, I've been on that Rubos. I've been on, I had some of that Bigelow toasted coconut tea. I had, I got my fucking lapsang in. Nice. Dude, fucking smoke tea is the shit. It, Hop Nation Adam. Yes. Uh, Bashland Adam, close your ears, but Hop Nation Adam, when we get, when we finally get back to home brewing, yes, I might want to try a lapsang tea. Okay, ale. that's all right. Yeah, I'm gonna clean the kettle afterwards anyway, so it's a possible thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good with that. It it tastes like it tastes like fucking Schlenkerla tea. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay, it's you don't shit. have to say anything more. Yeah, it's the shit. I, I already know you're in love with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I also do love the Save the TT's beer. It's good. Yes, it is good. And, and like we had talked about earlier, it's nice and well-balanced. It's not yeah. just, you know, tea leaves shoved in your face. Right. It's well-balanced. play. Yep. It's refreshing. It's, yeah. And it it's looks really neat, things, too. Yeah, it looks really neat. It's all the things that would be great for a spring beer. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, little out of, uh, it's a little out of season in the fall, but. Yeah, it still, it still works, though. So. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Very good beer. I think we're going to take a little bit of a break now. Yeah, we'll we're reload, come back. Get, a, get another bottle up and running. Yeah, we'll come back with a second beer, and we'll get to learn a little bit more about Adam Bashline and his history in home brewing. Probably ask him if there's any beers that he's tried that he can't come up with. He just hasn't been able to make it the work. Find out like what his weirdest beers are. So we'll get into all that in segment two. First Sip Brew Box is a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. Com. Welcome back to episode 176 of the Hop Nation USA podcast. And we're still here with my Adam. Aw. And then we also have Adam Bashline, who's a home hey. brewer in the Pittsburgh area. And we're talking home brews and we're drinking home brews. Yes. And the next home brew we're drinking is by Adam Bashline. And it's called Shatfaced, and it's an Imperial Pumpkin Roll Ale. Adam, take it away. Tell us all about this beer. Sure. So this one started for me, my favorite pumpkin beer in pumpkin season. Um, it's kind of basic and it's really popular, but Warlock by Southern Tier. Yep. Um, is <laughs> I some of that in my fridge as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I like, a, I like a pumpkin in an amber ale or a brown ale, but I really like pumpkin in a stout. So we decided to, I, I did a clone one year and then um, I was like, yeah, we could, we could tweak that. And uh, so I think it was last year for a festival. Uh, it was actually the Greensburg festival. We, we went, we went through and we were doing some crazy stuff like donuts and beer and all kinds of different pastries and beer. So it's, it's brew day. And I was like, ah, we should do something, something to this, you know, when we move into the secondary. And my wife was like, well, how about a pumpkin roll? And I was like, well, that's a great idea. I don't know about like cream cheese frosting in a beer. Like that might. <laughs> and she's like, well, we'll just do it with like the roll and powdered sugar. And, and will that work? Like how we're using everything else? Like we basically dry hop it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds 
wonderful. So we tried it, and there's there's pumpkin in the mash, um, but it's a very uh, very dark colored stop, which is what we shoot for. Uh, it's a little lighter this year than last year, um, but it's typically super dark. Um, then chocolate malt, a little bit of roasty malt, um, lactose, uh, a little bit of pumpkin spice, and then most of the most of the flavors coming from an actual pumpkin roll being dry hopped into it the day before we can get nice so was it a homemade pumpkin roll or is that uh, come from a bakery or where did that come from she she homemade them that's she, awesome she homemade one it's one per five gallons nice <laughs> <So> she, <laughs> she baked one last year and she baked three this year because i wanted one to eat so right right yeah I, <laughs> beer and one for one for us one with the cream cheese that's <laughs> the best part but um yeah so that's how it came about um Coming in about eight percent. Ooh, nice. Eight, eight, four last year. Eight percent this year. We're still trying to dial in those bigger beers. I need a bigger mash done to do these bigger beers. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll solve that problem soon enough. <laughs> Say, well, right now I've got a glass that's way too full. I got to change that. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> okay, I'm getting to it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've been drink- I, I've just been sipping on it. You know, uh, it is. You said it started as a warlock clone, but it is a lot sweeter than what warlock is. Like it's definitely come out like a lot sweeter. You can tell it's yeah. more turned into its own thing of being a pumpkin roll ale because yeah, I can taste that pumpkin roll all throughout. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we definitely shifted. To try to get that creaminess and that sweetness in there of the filling, that's when we added the lactose. Mm-hmm. That started making it sweeter, and then it changed even more this year. A um, little bit sweeter, a little bit spicier this year. But it still has a little bit of that, that stout bitterness to it as well. You know, it doesn't lose all of its stoutness. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, still, yeah, you can still get a little bit of that roasty bitterness on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was gonna also say yeah it does have like a bit of a spice kick like right up front when you first start drinking it mm-hmm. so yeah I enjoy that yeah it's like, a, a damn fine beer mm-hmm. thank you it's appropriate for the season if you're in the pumpkin beers if you're into you know pumpkin beers that aren't typical because this is a lot you know most pumpkin beers are the latte like ale that's yeah, all right. It tastes kind of like pumpkin, but this one is definitely more just treats and dark and heavy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, this is a this is a good campfire beer. Yeah, it it would make its uh, it, I don't want to say namesake because it's not the namesake, but it it's it's progenitor. Maybe is that the word? I don't know. <laughs> is that a word? No, progenitor is definitely a word. I don't oh, know if I've, it's the right one though. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but yeah, wherever it came from, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. It would make the warlock proud in its legacy, <laughs> is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. And I agree with that. Yes. Right. Uh, and not to be outdone, uh, the label and the label artwork for this is fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. I, actually have, I actually have the original art right here. Nice. Look this way. There's- so what's, what is the story behind the, uh, the name, the artwork, and all that? Uh, the label and everything. I, I want to know everything because I, I absolutely love this label. I think it's great. Thank you. So, I mean, a lot of our, like a lot of breweries, a lot of our names and label ideas and stuff come from 
pop culture references and stuff we're into and nerdy things. Um, so, I mean, for me, when I get the name of beer, a lot of it goes towards like 80s horror movies and heavy metal and stuff like that. So we were, we were naming a bunch of weird ones and I was trying to do like a whole series of pastry ones that had a horror theme to them, but like playful, like friendly. Like I didn't want it to be like Michael Myers is going to kill you. Uh, Murder beer. Well, so we had a goofy one. We were coming back from a festival one day and I was like, I got a great idea for that pumpkin beer. My wife's like, what? And I was like, we're calling chat faced. And she just looked at me like, you immature. (laughs) I'm like, no, 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 hear me out. I was like, the Michael Myers mask is based on William Shatner. So you have Michael Myers in a Star Trek uniform drunk off his ass. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> she's like, that's it actually all a good idea. It all comes together. <laughs> yeah. And then she, she hand paints all of our, our signs. They, they started off as just signs for the beer competitions. Mm-hmm. Kind of pull the crowd in and, you know, try it instead of, you know, something to just grab their eye. Um, but now it's turned into, especially with the shutdown, it's turned into, we just send them off, make them into beer labels or stickers and slap them on the bottles. But yeah, she hand paints all of our, all of our logos. So. Yeah. You can definitely tell there's a lot of care in this one because you put it on the nice foil label. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <the> yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally dig it as well. I, I mm-hmm. love the, uh, the aesthetic of it all. Yeah. Of, yeah, just and again, just thinking of Michael Myers getting drunk off his ass <laughs> while wearing a Star Trek shirt is pretty damn funny. <laughs> so, my compliments to the artist. It's great. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, uh, sadly enough, I think I had to tape the all of those uh, foil labels on the bottles because they do not stick well to a cold uh, to a cold bottle. Yeah, it's as fine. the bottles started to get condensation, they were just sliding off. Mm-hmm. So with this one, uh, did you have a portion of the batch go directly into bottles? Uh, did you split bottles and kegs, or did you go all keg and then go into the bottles afterwards? How did you, uh, how did you arrange that? Yeah, I did it. Um, we kegged all of it um, because especially this one and the next beer we're going to drink, they both have a bunch of residual sugar in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to keep them cold with the refrigeration I have in my house. I was kind of bottling to order. Um, as the donations were coming in. Um, so, I mean, it was a lot of days of sanitizing a bunch of stuff to like fill <laughs> maybe only 10 to 12 bottles, but um, it was worth it. I mean, it was all for, it was all a passion project. So um, it was definitely worth it. But yeah, we just kind of filled them to order. I have a bottling gun. So I was going to ask, how did you go from, from keg to bottle to be able to keep the carbonation? Was it a bottling gun or some other method? Yeah, I have a last straw bottling gun, so that that was most of them. Nice. Some people that said they were drinking it that night, I just filled it off. You know, I had like a growler hose and filled it right off the tap. Mm-hmm. I still purged the bottle with, with CO2, but I was like, I'm not going to hook everything up. It's easier to clean. <laughs> <laughs> so just out of curiosity, what do you use to purge the bottles with CO2? How do you, how do you go about that with a, a homebrew setup? So that last straw bottling gun actually has, you hook it up to the, um, to the keg that's pressured mm-hmm. and you hook, there's another input on it that you hook straight to a, you can hook straight to a CO2 tank. Ah, and then you okay. Just, you push a button on it and it shoots CO2 out of the one hose and then 
you push it and it like counter pressure fills from the other. Ah, okay. That's awesome. Which can be a mess if you're halfway through filling a bottle and your finger slips and you hit the same too. <laughs> <laughs> I still find stout spots in my dining room from when I used to bottle upstairs. Ooh. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I got moved. The, the new setup is all in the basement and we have like a, a little uh, speakeasy bar with our drafts and stuff down here and couple bottles of liquor good a good dedicated space yeah COVID also helped with that we had a lot of time to work on the basement and i got i I gave my wife her dining room and kitchen back and uh, (laughs) the stove still doesn't look quite right but uh i'm not using it every saturday now so (laughs) that's also how you get more pumpkin rolls though (laughs) that's right exactly yeah (laughs) so anybody who knows home brewing and just kind of getting into the hobby it's an ever-evolving thing of buying new toys and you know constantly upgrading your system uh you're telling us right now that you're on like a 10 gallon system but before you know pre-pandemic you're a five gallon how have you evolved and just you can take us back to the beginning like how long have you been home brewing and then like how much has that evolved and have you made it to the step where you're just like all electric now um so it started back in it's really tough. I think it was December 2013. Um, I got like a little home brewer starter kit you see in or Northern Brewer and Midwest mm-hmm. Brew Supply. You know, they're just starter kit with the buckets, um, extract kit. Um, my dad got it for me for Christmas and he got my brother a wine kit of a similar size. Um, so I brewed, brewed my first batch, bottled it, tasted pretty good. Um, but I was already really into craft beer. So I just got hooked. I immediately upgraded the kettle like for the next batch. But I was in like a two-bedroom apartment in Virginia. So it was stovetop, super like making a super extract, super high gravity, like three-gallon batch, and then filling it with um like spring water I bought at the store in gallons. So I felt like it was pretty good water. Um, and that's how I would get to five gallon batches down there. Then when I moved back to Pittsburgh, had a house, um, I went and just was brewing five gallon, brewing a bag, uh, up in the kitchen. Uh, our burners were strong enough to get us to a boil after some time, but it would eventually get there. Um, so step that up, uh, got a keg, started kegging shortly after that, bought a kegerator, uh, that changed a ton from bottle conditioning and putting everything in bottles. I mean, huge time saver. Um, then from there we started competitions. So I got a jockey box, um, to serve kegs at the competition. So I didn't have to bottle for those either. Um, don't worry, Steve, I'm taking notes on all this stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's I, what yeah, I'm hoping for. Kind of like upgraded the ferment. Like it was a little stuff from there. Like went to stainless steel fermenters. Um, I still use some plastic. I mean, there's nothing wrong with plastic, but just I, I mainly got stainless steel fermenters as gifts, and then you know, they're really nice, so I bought another one. <laughs> then, yeah, we bought the, the 10-gallon batch uh, off of another home brewer that was downsizing. Um, so we got a, a deal on that. I bought the Keezer off of a home brewer that was downsizing um, a few months later. So now we have ton of kegs floating around uh and then bought two 
big for I just bought my first uh temperature controlled fermenter, stainless steel uh Blickman, uh used off of another homebrew that was upscaling. So um, you know, I just kind of keep my eyes peeled. Uh I mean the, the homebrew community in Pittsburgh is super friendly. I mean they're they're really nice. So sometimes when people hear about it or getting rid of their stuff, they'll contact me because they knew I just got a new system and um was brewing. Um, but we're actually not electric down here. We are natural gas. Um, mm. I tapped in my hot water tanks in the same room I'm talking to you in now. So we tapped into the gas, got into the hot water heater and the water. Um, so I have a sink, another sink off to the side here that's got a filter on it. And then you can kind of see above me here, we have a ventilation system that blows out my uh, out of window to get all the uh, carbon monoxide out. Right. So, and we have a carbon monoxide detector down here. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure we're not getting any carbon monoxide. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so yeah, we, we still kept it. Uh, I bought it as a propane setup. Uh, my dad, right after I bought it, retired from many years of working in uh, HVAC. So he was able to hook up the natural gas for me and hook up the water and did the electric in here and everything. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah. That made it a lot easier. Me and him kind of had a bonding project down here in the basement and, and got that. This was just an unfinished uh, workshop. So there was like a tool bench in here, but that was it. Everything else was like exposed uh, insulation uh, and everything before we started. I said, from what I'm seeing in the background, it looks like you've got a, a, a really good setup going. I, I like it. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Yeah, for, our, for our YouTube watchers, you'll be able to look at <laughs> Adam's. You don't have to wait till Monday for that one. Right. <laughs> but it's there. You'll get to see it. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a really nice setup. And again, I hope Hop Nation, Adam, you were taking notes because. I was. I was. Your, your, bi your biggest complaint is always you don't want to brew in the winter because it's cold. It's true. I don't it's damn true. I don't think Bashline has that problem. So. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to the winter because it gets up to like 130 degrees in here. Oh. <laughs> when it's 90 outside, it gets real hot in here. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to brewing in the winter. But, yeah, if you guys need any tips, uh, I don't have all the, like, cool equipment, but I research it a lot and, like, dream about buying it. So. <laughs> Put it on the Christmas list and hope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I live that life. Next up is definitely – a bigger mash ton. The boil kettle's doing well, but I need a bigger mash ton for those Imperials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta really, really load those up with a whole bunch of fucking goofy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you obviously have been doing this for a while. You've upgraded your system. You're on a basically once every other week schedule now, and you're planned out for you know, weeks ahead. Yeah, we're planned out through New Year's right now. Wow. Okay. So I guess I'll ask two uh, two part question. One, what's planned through New Year's into twenty twenty one, and two, what is going to be new? Like, has there is there any recipes in there that you've never tried before? Yeah, sure. Um, so right now, actively fermenting uh, in the other room, we have a double a, uh, a double IPA. It's technically hazy because it is hazy but it's a lot of the West Coast classic style hops. Um, so it's kind of like your hazy New England malt characters with like Centennial and Columbus and 
there's there's some citron, there's some mosaic in it, but it's mostly those West Coast, I guess for lack of a better term, heritage hops like that were in all the classic West Coast styles. So we got that coming, and we have a vanilla stout um, mm. also fermenting right now. And then I think next weekend we're brewing, um, which is new for us. It's going to be a sweet potato casserole brown ale. Ooh. Mm. So it's going to be uh, caramelized sweet potatoes in the mash and then um, some marshmallow syrup and brown sugar added to the keg, right at kegging, to keep that residual sweetness. So kind of bringing that Thanksgiving favorite to a beer. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a new one for us. And then for December, I know we are planning on doing our cherry cheesecake ale. Ooh. Um, in early December. And then around Christmas time, we'll be releasing a cranberry honey. It's called a cavassier. It's like an old... Uh, it's European. I'm not going to, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <Europe>. French. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a high BV honey, uh, cranberry, uh, beer. It's like one of the ancient ale styles, I believe. And that's a pretty high BV. And then for new year's, we will be doing our little bit of the bubbly, um, brute ale. It's like a Bellini brute ale for new year's. So a little champagne. Oh yeah. Nice. Um, Peach puree. So we'll probably have another one in November. We just we'll have to see how the week shake out and if I have keg room. But for right now, that's the schedule from now until New Year's. That sounds like a killer lineup. Yeah. Thank you. So have you done the uh, cherry cheesecake before? Yeah, the cherry everything okay. else we've done except that sweet potato casserole one. Nice. Oh, okay. Just because I know I've seen again, we were talking about trends, and I feel like I've been seeing cherry cheesecake a lot more frequent nowadays yeah because let's see there's the one from grist house adam you had on a previous episode i did uh then hightower is pushing one that you know pushes one a lot mm-hmm. and i've seen a couple other ones on social media here and there yeah i can't i'm not not even making this up we did that one for uh, a competition i think it was the rhapsody and brew one and like the week we were doing the festival, Grist House announced they were releasing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like just complete coincidence. But yeah. I was like, oh, we were a little bit ahead of the trend, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> we win. <laughs> yeah, because we did that like, yeah, two years ago for Rhapsody and Brew. And that was our actually our first beer that won. Nice. So, yeah, we try to do that one every year. It's like, it's super intensive on hot like actual brew day and then everything we do everything we put in the fermenter and the kegs afterward too it's just a a ton of adjuncts but it turns out pretty good right on right on i say it's uh, an award winner so it's got to be good yeah. thank <laughs> i think i'll definitely become hunting around for that one i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah hit me up all right so, so I'm, oh go ahead steve i was gonna ask so is there any possible styles that you haven't been able to perfect or uh you know tackle at this moment yeah i mean now with the temperature controlled fermenter we can lager if we want to um but the very first thing i want to do with that is a cream ale it's like one of the classic styles i really like to drink in the especially in the summer months i'm right there with you yeah so me and actually a buddy of mine's moving up from the richmond area here in a couple of weeks. So that might be our other November beer. It's a little out of season, but 
I promised him as soon as he gets back to Pittsburgh, we'd do a cream out together. So <laughs> nice. that should be going pretty soon. But yeah, nothing like super weird. The sweet potato one just kind of hit us a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I really want to do a cream out. I would really like to do an Oktoberfest next year. Um, and some, yeah, just some nice crisp loggers eventually. Nice. So I'll, I'll go the exact opposite line of questioning that Steve's been using, but what was the, the first beer that you brewed that was your own recipe that you considered a, I'll say, a success? I would have to say it was either that cucumber weed, but we already talked about that. So I, mean, mm-hmm. I would say uh, I did a honey double IPA um, that we call Jojinator, which has probably been the beer we brewed the most here. And that one started off of my love love for Bells and their Hop Slam that they release every year. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like clone the recipe or anything. I just like took a West Coast recipe I had been working on. And then I was like, I, I like honey, but I think it would be fun with like kind of a citrus note. So we use orange blossom honey in it instead of Ooh, just yeah. honey. And it gives it that little bit of citrus. gives it a little bit of like a vanilla character. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome and it's just like a bunch of centennial hops and mostly centennial for bittering and then citra dry hop yeah and it just turns out like a nice clear ipa yeah i could definitely get behind that yeah they could still make clear ipas in this world yeah yeah (laughs) and they taste pretty damn good unfortunately you kind of already ruined my next question of of which one is the one that you usually brew the most or if you had to use this phrase, I don't want to use this phrase, but I'm going to anyways. What would you consider your, your flagship? Yeah, you did ruin it. That would probably be the one. <laughs> um, that, and if I, if I did like brew it style forever, it would be, I'm not going to pick Hazy or West Coast, but I'd pick IPAs. I have right. those. Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. who doesn't, uh, aside from Hop Nation, Adam, who doesn't really like IPAs? So, yeah. <laughs> There are certain ones. There are certain <laughs> ones that I enjoy. And I, know. I, you know, I don't know all the styles, but I feel like IPAs are just the biggest sandbox. Like you can, there's so much to play with in those with all the different hops. And, and if you want it dry or if you want it sweet, hazy, clear, like, I don't know. There's just a lot of variation in that. <laughs> I personally feel like the stouts are the biggest sandbox with the number of fat treats that you can throw into the. <laughs> That's true. That is definitely my second favorite to drink and to brew. <laughs> oh, little, little Debbie's got a pumpkin cakes out this year. Okay. Guess what? <laughs> I guess what? I guess I know what's going in the bash. <laughs> They're going the for a ride. <laughs> and speaking of, with a fantastic, nice little transition there. You did this, it. Yeah, we did it. The Shat Faced, uh, the pumpkin roll stout. There's the roll in. Mm-hmm. this is really good yeah there's no bones about it yeah it's it's always fun when you come across a home brew that can easily rival professional brews mm-hmm. and this is one of them yes and it's 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 also funny because like i mean pumpkin ales in general like they they have their rap about them Especially as now July has become the release season for pumpkin hills. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, you know, and there's obviously lesser ones out there. Like, there, there's some real bad pumpkin beers out there. But it's nice to drink something from a home brewer that, like, just completely blows those shitty ones out of the water. 
Mm-hmm. Like kind of kind of restores the faith a little bit. You kind of want to send a bottle to those breweries <laughs> and then just say stop. Like do just this stop. instead. Well, not do this instead. Just stop what you're doing. <laughs> because what you're doing is wrong and just get out of that gimmick. You're doing it bad. <laughs> just basically get back in your lane where you belong. Yeah, go go do whatever else you like, but stop doing that pumpkin beer that takes up shelf space because the ones that you do bad. Mm-hmm. We There are home brewers all across this country like smoking you <laughs> to stop it. <laughs> Thank you. Ooh. Guys. Yeah. Ooh. I, I promise you, this didn't hit the fermenters till September. Mm. So. Good. Good. Well, yeah, that's the other yeah. thing is we know that <laughs> you know homebrewers are much more on a schedule that's more relative to season mm. than this is. This is a calendar correct beer. Yeah. This was not planned by a corporation. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to start marketing in July, and we got, <laughs> and then we release August first, and then it's in the get go, stacked up for five months. That it's on the clearance rack by September fifteenth. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm no, not mad at all. No, sir. <laughs> eh. It's whatever. <laughs> yes. But yeah, this is this is a really good one, and again, it also has the very amusing label that uh, i appreciate i assume your wife does all of the artwork for everything that you have yeah so. she's, she did the logo for us she did um i mean i have i have some input and then i give her like a stick figure drawing and she right <laughs> she interprets <laughs> yeah, yeah you, she, she kills it you you give her crayons and a napkin and then she turns it into actual art so <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it, yeah, very good beer. Uh, I think we're going to take a break. Yeah. We're going to load up with a third beer. And that third beer also has a good label that's also in the same vein as this one. But we'll talk about it then. And we're going to put Adam Bashline to the test because we're doing Beerify It two weeks in a row. This is unprecedented. Unprecedented. But he's a home brewer, so why wouldn't we do Beerify It? <laughs> that's right in the wheelhouse. Yes. But this time he's going to do it and we're going to give him some of his favorite things to brew a beer in honor of. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Introducing new Brewtomic Punch Gushers with a taste that's going to drive you fruity. It's very, very different. And totally appealing. It's new Fruitomic Punch Gushers, the fruit snack bursting the juicy fruit punch in the middle. So fruity, they'll really turn your head. Whoa, I'll say. New Fruitomic Punch Gushers, the blast of fruit punch is going to drive you totally fruity. Man, I got a split. Welcome back to episode 176 of the Hop Nation USA podcast. We're still here with Adam, who's from Hop Nation USA. Yes, yes you are. But we're also here with Adam, who's from Bash Brew, Pennsylvania. Hey. In the USA. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I got my own town. <laughs> Moving up in the world real quick. Bash Brew. <laughs> hey, and guys won't go down Bash Brew, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I feel like yeah. that would definitely be Green County. <laughs> <laughs> they, got, they got space down there. They can op- open up new towns down there. That's right. Yeah. I mean, surely, if you have enough money, you can start just purchasing towns. 
<laughs> Renaming them as you please. And eventually a Dollar General will show up, and then you're going from that point forward. A Dollar General will always show up. <laughs> I, uh, I, was, I was actually surprised to find a Dollar General in my town. <laughs> it, it just popped up in a place I didn't expect. <laughs> so That's yeah. the way Dollar General operates. Yeah. But uh, yes, we're still here and we're still talking homebrews and we're still drinking homebrews. And that means we're on to our third homebrew by Adam Bashline of Bashbrew, Pennsylvania. And it's called, oh my God, look at that face. It is an apple fritter ale. And it also has a wonderful label, but we'll let Adam Bashline talk all about that. Sure. So the, uh, yeah, the, oh my God, look at that face. It's uh it's just my weird little sense of humor, but I always joked with my wife that I was a huge Taylor Swift fan, um, which I, I don't really feel one way or the other about her. I don't really particularly listen to her too much, but the her Blank Space is the song. I see. I can't even remember the song. But we were listening to the song. I was like, there's so many, like, if you put this to, like, different music, it's very dark. Like, I was like, we could like parody horror movies using these lyrics. Um, so she was like, Oh, well, like, what do you mean? I was like, Oh, like, Oh my God, look at that face. And it could be like Leatherface. Like, so the label is her and Leatherface hanging out in the kitchen and she's chopping up some apples with the chainsaw. (laughs) And I got edited a lot on my ideas for the label and then being, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so she she made it a little more uh all audience friendly <laughs> uh, did a wonderful job on it um but yeah it's kind of um the, the true goal to it and we have a couple named after taylor swift lyrics and she's on the sign and everything uh i'm just trying to get a cease and desist letter i can hang up in the bird <laughs> and then i'll rename all the beers um but yeah that's that's the that's the true the true goal of them and just to have a little fun <laughs> can't get a cease and desist if you're not making money on it <laughs> fun fact <laughs> well, we're gonna, we'll have to change that part <laughs> <laughs> take that taste wheezy <laughs> you can still try i'll still hang it up yeah, yeah. they can still send the letter it's just yeah. you don't have to do anything about it right what are you going to do with my non-income on this yeah. non-beer? <laughs> Take money from a from charity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not going to do that. <laughs> I can say, though, the on the nose of the beer, like you get a lot of apple and cinnamon like right up front. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming I'm assuming since I've had a lot of apple fritters in my time <laughs> that there is both apple and cinnamon in this. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. So it is a I don't even know what the beer style started as, but it is a oat heavy and it is a um there's a, a maltster called Viking malt from Europe again cuz I don't remember the country. One of the countries Vikings came from. Um, but they make something called cookie malt, which is kind of like a toastier version of a biscuit malt. Um, okay. which is a really nice pastry character to things. So it's an oat pastry and then, of course, a bunch of base malt. Um, and then we add – and it's just – it's actually brewed as a really clean beer other than a couple specialty malts. Like it's just a very low – low hopped um 
decent on the ABV. I think it's at about six and a half. Um, but then once it's done fermenting, we dry hop cinnamon toast crunch into it for the cinnamon and the kind of the pastry feel of it. And then it is apple juice is the uh, apple. Because we okay. found ah, okay. that kind of permeates the beer best as an apple to get apple in there and it's like a frozen concentrate so it's already frozen it's okay mm-hmm. fermented beer um so we just add a frozen block of apple juice to the keg and kind of shake it up every once in a while for the first couple of days it's carving thanks yeah that makes a lot of sense <laughs> on, the, on the taste it does kind of have a bit of a a little bit of a cider vibe to it yeah, but uh, but not too much to to kind of fool you. It's kind of like oh, it kind of feels you know, cidery, but you can still tell it is one hundred percent a beer. Yeah, I I was actually getting, and now that you explain that it's cinnamon toast crunch, I was actually getting like a cereal back end to it, mm-hmm. which it, it was like throwing me for a little bit. I'm like, why does this taste like cereal? <laughs> but now I know because there was actual cereal in it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's one of our favorite adjuncts to use is like different cereals and in different beers. The like the cherry cheesecake one we were talking to talking about in the last segment, we put um, golden grams in it to get the graham cracker. Mm-hmm. Mm, very nice. It, it's just a really nice adjunct to uh, to add a little sweetness and and whatever flavor you're looking mm-hmm. for. And it's readily available. You don't have to work too hard to get yeah, it. It's not yeah. too expensive. I mean, I feel like it's a little risky adding it to a beer. Just you don't know if it could get something in it, but we haven't had a problem with it yet. Oh, that's something that, I mean, that's one of the advantages we were talking about earlier, being a humber. You can take that risk and you might lose five or 10 gallons but, and you learn your lesson. But right. you want to put that into a about multi-thousand dollar batch of beer. Right. And the other thing is you don't have to worry about the PLCB rules and regulations or anything like that. Right. Because I know there, you know, there's certain regulations about using tinctures and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to worry about that if you're if you're in your garage or your brew space. Just run with it. Don't hurt anybody. You'll be fine. Absolutely. We've we've definitely definitely thrown Carolina Reaper vodka into a stout before. So <laughs> yes. yes, and that Carolina Reaper st- uh, vodka had to be made through tincture. So yeah, <laughs> in my kitchen. Yeah, it stayed there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and it burns your nose when you smelled it just as a concentrate. Yep. Oh, yeah, I made, you, made you cough. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, those are the fun things you can do with home brewing mm-hmm. that fall outside of the law that yep. you don't have to worry about. <laughs> you can also put weed in it if you really want to. <laughs> We are not advocating that. We are not am. Uh, distracting from that or detracting from that. I am <laughs> advocating. I officially cannot. I Look, I want people to figure out the psilocybin homebrew. That's why I want people to figure out next. Okay. Yeah. So you can pick up that torch. I, I officially can't. Yeah, I know you can't. You're, you don't have a job and, you know, or a straight and everything like that. But Right. Right, but you do what you want. I don't care. You yeah. grown ass man. Well, I'm not doing that either because I don't want to screw. <laughs> I don't want to screw up our brew equipment. I want somebody else to figure out the psilocybin beer. <laughs> All I did was I figured out the THC beer, and then I checked it against Colorado Home Brewing forums, mm-hmm. and they had already figured it out, but did exactly what I figured out. Oh, so yeah. I, I was proud of myself in that way, but I was like, oh, yeah, but everybody's already done it, so I don't care. <laughs> Old news, but you got there but on your own. 
Yeah. My science was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're doing Beerify It. I already called yes. it out in last segment. We're bringing it back this week because, obviously, Adam Bashline is a home brewer, and we want him to do his best of beerifying it. For those of you who haven't listened in the past, Beerified is where we take a concept, an idea, a person, a movie, anything out in the world, and we try our best to come up with a recipe to honor or you know just pay homage to what we're talking about. So like in the past, we've done a barrel-aged stout for The Undertaker. We did a whole bunch of things for past guests last week. Mm-hmm. Now it's Adam Bashline's turn as an experienced home brewer who does a lot more home brewing and makes better beer than us <laughs> to honor some of his favorite things with beer recipes. And with that, I'll give you the first thing I want you to honor. You've talked a little bit about it, but you've mentioned how you're a fan of heavy metal music. So one of the most probably prominent drinking heavy metal acts out there is a band by the name of Alestorm. Mm. I, I know you know a little bit about them, Hob Nation, Adam. But Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I enjoy their, their tunage. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they mostly make pirate drinking songs is what their deal is. And I've seen, I've seen them once with Necrogoblicon down at the Smiling Moose for local what? references. What a sentence that is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a good time and I lost my hearing and that was fun. So better years, better years. But now, Adam, Bashline, it's your turn. How would you honor Alestorm with a homebrew? So Alestorm, like you said, like the pirate metal thing. um, I think a... Dark and stormy stout, aged like so cocktail inspired stout. Mm-hmm. With some ginger in there, and then you age it in a rum barrel, naturally. Mm. So, I mean, we have never done barrel aging, but yeah, I mean, neither have we. But we we go out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know where you can get them, though. I think that would fit their mold. I think so as well. I mean, they have a lot of songs about drinking rum. And we're all fans of Dark and Stormies anyway. Oh, yes. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I still have a bottle of Kraken in the fridge. So <laughs> so I, I guess the question is, I mean, do you, obvi- do you go for the obvious barrel of a Kraken barrel? I mean, I, that? I think that's appropriate. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that or Captain Morgan because the pirate tie-in. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. You know what? I think Kraken. I think a dark rum would be interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had any beers aged in a dark rum barrel. I've definitely I can't, had. I can't think of any either. But you're a home brewer, so you're an innovator. Yeah. 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 I just need to find one of them barrels. Well, see, maybe, hopefully, possibly, you know, we just get the ear of Alestorm and Kraken with this episode, and then they'll send you one. <laughs> that would work. And then you can craft your own dark and stormy stout for them. The beer will sell itself. (laughs) Even though you're not allowed to sell it. The beer will give itself away. Yes. The beer will make its way in the world. (laughs) (laughs) So for the the next one, uh, obviously with a few of the beers that we've had here, there's 
a, a tilt towards the uh, the horror film genre. And since we're on a podcast and we've got you know horror coming in through throughout the conversation here, I think it's appropriate to talk about you know something of a, a horror podcast. And one of the biggest ones out there is Last Podcast on the Left. Uh, I'd say that's one of the one of the biggest and most well known. I I've I have gotten into that podcast myself on several occasions. It's fantastic. So if you were to brew a beer for last podcast on the left, what would you brew? feel like I'm just going to talk out loud with the idea. I feel okay. like it would have to be something that comes off a really deep red, like a blood red. Mm. So I think like maybe go with like a cherry cobbler mm. ale and make it hazy so it grabs onto that cherry puree and like little dark um like real dark on the cherry just yeah i don't know because my favorite episodes of last podcast on the left are all of their cereal color ones like it's right. same here same yeah, here those are just my favorite so i'm just thinking like blood and gore um, <laughs> just getting a good color out of that yeah i think that'd be it yeah i i would agree like most of the ones that are my favorites are the serial killer ones but i think my all-time favorite might be that series they did on the uh, Japanese death cult, the Om Chunrikyo. Oh man, that one was so good. It was so funny too. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's such, it's such a bizarre story of like, how the hell did you get there? <laughs> so I'll admit that that series I did not catch. Yeah, go go back into the archives or wherever okay. you can find it because they're Spotify only now or whatever. Yeah. But, I don't. I don't think we need to talk about a podcast on a podcast. Then we get into podcastception. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a bigger podcast than us. And then again, this is marketing, Adam. Because if we talk about the bigger podcast, maybe they'll talk about our smaller podcast. Ah, <laughs> smart. And then that's how they get their cherry cobbler ale from Adam. <laughs> Which I, I like the idea of. Uh, you had mentioned blood, uh, well, blood and gore. I think that'd be a yeah. good name for the beer. And yeah. I already have an idea for the label. Uh, you have to have Al Gore <laughs> holding a bloody knife, uh, and he's cut a fiber optic line. Okay. Because he destroyed that he that he has created, that being the internet. <laughs> he destroyed the internet. <laughs> <laughs> killed his creation. <laughs> he has killed what he has created. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good idea. My my only add-on, and it's just stealing from what I said last week mm-hmm. <laughs> of doing party guile style. Do this one, do this one, party guile style as well. So you get a real big one for Bed and Kissel. You get a high ABV big beer for him because <laughs> he's basically a giant of my size. <laughs> and then you make a smaller one for you know Henry Zabrowski, and then the middle ones for Marcus. <laughs> Damn. And you put some sort of organ meat in Henry Zabrowski's. Right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of brain or uh, I I was thinking a sausage, but okay, all right. Yeah, his is the really weird stuff. (laughs) His is served on a Ouija board, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Adam, your next one. And we're still talking a little bit podcast, but I'll, I'll give you some more freedom on this one. Uh, you're a big fan of comedy as well, and I believe you have some of the same comedic tastes as I do, and probably you know our Hop Nation Adam as well. But uh, you're into Tom Segura. Oh yeah. 
So I also imagine you're into his podcast universe that he's also created with his wife, as well as Two Bears, One Cave with Bert Kreischer. Yes. <laughs> so I'll, I'll kind of let you just leave that open-ended and you can kind of take that as you want. But, you know, how would you kind of honor that comedy, that little comedy cosmos? So I already have these planned. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm about them already. Uh, so I have two for this one to make up for the terrible ale store name. Um, so one of them we had a great idea for was a triple IPA called Dumpy Stingy Mark. <laughs> IABB, Dumpy Stingy. Um, and then the other one we were going to do, we did one called a uh, beer called Dad Shoes last year, which was a uh, lemon shandy. And then we put like a grass stain New Balance on the label. Nice. <laughs> and we released it on Father's Day. So this year, it's already in planning. We're going to do, and it's nothing new. Well, a lot of breweries are doing it. But we're going to do a mimosa beer. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to call it Mom Jeans and kind of have it in the your mom's house, you know, style. Right. Call either Mom Jeans or Mommy Jeans or, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, um, me and my co-brewer actually, yeah, we watch that every week. All, almost everything in their podcast lineup. I mean, that's a, and just to be fair, that's a real good one to have on in the background if you're brewing, just because yeah. it is a, it's, you know, it's pretty long form. So you can, you know, crack that out while you're listening on a brew day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they did like, um, he does that one with Bert Kreischer, the two bears, one cave. Mm -hmm. And they did that live episode that they're streaming. So we're actually going to throw that on on Saturday while we're kegging up beers. I'm nice. Like, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't gotten around to watching that, but uh, yeah, I, I I was surprised you kind of didn't go down that route of also including a Burt Kreischer beer in your... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's definitely in the future, but yeah, we it was so funny because we were spitballing... Two uh, beers, one keg? <laughs> <laughs> we were spitballing ideas for your mom's house beers a couple weeks ago when we were having some beers in the... The the don't be stingy one almost made me fall off the bar stool. I was that's uh, pretty damn funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to uh, not to like give your wife any kind of art direction or anything, but if the label is just a big fat belly, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Mm -mm. Oh, no. <laughs> No, that'll that, that that would get some traction, I would think. Yeah, yeah. and Ed Asner can't see some this me either. I'm not making money on right. Oh, you could uh, you could take his character from SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold up a tick. What? Bert Kreischer has a character? No, no, no. Oh, you're oh, nope. I'm, nope. I'm nope. way behind then. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of on something else. <laughs> All right. Okay. I have fallen behind then. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I appreciate yeah. that. It's okay. You you probably don't want to be a part of what we're talking about anyway. <laughs> you know what? I'm all right with that. I uh, I know when to walk away from the table. Yeah. This feels like one of those times. <laughs> Just go to the pay window, push in my chips, and go to the bar. There you go. <laughs> all right. Do you have an, Do you have another one for Adam Bashline, Adam Hop Nation USA? I appreciate that you've been able to differentiate us that well uh, on this episode, Steve. I, I truly do appreciate that. Three bears deep even. 
I know, right? That's what I. That's why I'm surprised. Um, but uh, one one final one, and, and this one's real simple. I'm not gonna get into it. Death of him. <laughs> My buddy's a death lamb. Well, we got to bring back Brutal Beer Fest. Yes. That's true. <laughs> yes. Please and thank you. On one. Oh, man. I mean, we got to go. We got to go with like an ancient ale recipe. Probably. Like a, yeah. Like a uh, kind of like a mead mm. ale. Mm. Like a carbonated mead. Like, like I'm not going that that far. But um, yeah, like a like a grog mead. It's probably like closer to a braggot even. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, so I'll just give you a little bit more time to think. But just for a little background for the listeners, Bethlehem is a local Pittsburgh metal band that is very heavily influenced by the fantasy aspect and aesthetic. So you get, you know, they're they're all dressed up in warrior garb that you would find in D and there's goblins mm-hmm. and there's cock ripping and there's swords and there's all of that it's like guar but for D <laughs> and yes. that's why they're great <laughs> yes and they sound really good too let's be honest you're right yeah but just just a little you know background for the audience outside of pittsburgh mm-hmm. <laughs> although yeah. they did they did just release a music video that was made by the people who did um robot chicken like the animators I did not know that yeah yeah the animators who did robot chicken just animated their most recent music video and it is hilarious oh shit. Well, all right but i haven't watched the whole video yet and i did not know that's who did it that's awesome mm-hmm. we're checking that out so yeah. so back to you adam bacheline we're we're kind of down to uh, mead braggot what flavors are we looking to impart with this i want to make it savory i want to make it i'm gonna smoke it Oh yeah. And I'm gonna throw <laughs> I don't know what I could throw in it. Like if I could throw in some something to give it the essence of bacon. Mm. Like smoky. And I've had some bacon beers, they don't turn out well, but we'll figure it out for this beer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a smoky, savory with that little bit of sweetness from the honey. I think that'll see yeah, that's always an interesting wow. thing is like every bacon beer I've had does not really taste like bacon but if you get into smoked beers if you use the right wood and right. the the curla that uses beech wood that always tastes like bacon right it's the craziest thing <laughs> so yeah i think we just smoke smoke the malt with with that and then brew the beer from there mm. i think that also opens up like because if you're making like kind of an ale mead blend so you you make like the ale with the smoke malts, but then maybe the mead is like sage and rosemary. Ooh. That'll give you a little bit of that uh, savoriness as well. This sounds like a collab beer we need to do. Like yes. a three-way collab with Smart. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll we'll collaborate on the main stage at Mr. Small's. Right. <laughs> just re- just release it and then just for the fuck of it, throw green food coloring in it so it comes out like goblin blood and then yeah, yeah exactly I mean, they're, they're not using the stage sadly they're not using the stage for anything else right now so right mm-hmm. so, so it can be a brewing house a brew altar oh i like that brew altar now that now there you go that's thinking that is 
Yeah, and I think I got it. I think a good name for that one would be Twenty Sided War Horse. There you go. Ooh, we yes. Get a war horse. We, it's got to be – well, it will be high ABV. Yeah, we'll, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not coming in under 10. So. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, 20-sided war horse. And if we can get it to actual 20, yeah. Oh, shit. Ooh. Well, yeah. you know, you shoot high. And then it would be a natural 20 because, you know, <laughs> cause we didn't cheat. Actual D&D jokes on my podcast? <laughs> get out of here, nerds. <laughs> uh, I just feel bad for all the other dice that never get all the love. It's always the D20. <laughs> well, it gets all the love, but it also gets all the hate. It does. Well, because it rolls a one once in a while, too. Yeah, you roll, you roll that one, and it's all downhill from there. Nat ones all the way down. <laughs> All right. Well, let's come back to the brew that Adam actually did brew other than all these fantasy brews that we've come up with so far. The ones that he hasn't brewed yet. 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 <laughs> the, the shape of things to come. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> let's, go, let's come back to the one that is. And the one that is is, oh, my God, look at that face. The apple fritter ale. I'm enjoying this beer. I am, too. I am, too. This uh, this one is uh, like I said in the last segment. the the uh, the uh, the pumpkin roll ale was a a very good campfire beer. This mm-hmm. one is as well, but a bit earlier in the year, or even earlier in the day when it's like warmer it, out. Yeah, yeah. If you're like at a if you're you know at a cabin or whatever, mm-hmm. this is like your day drinker. Yeah, and then the the shat face would be your night drinker. So yeah. I like I, I I like this one. Um, the one thing I'll say is I I kind of was expecting it more to be like a fritter fritter the way I like my fritters, but like once you told me that it was made with cinnamon toast crunch and I understood what the recipe was, I was like, oh, this works really well as you know as well. And like you get all the flavors of apple and cinnamon, so it pop, you know it pops very well. Don't fritter shame, Steve. I'm not fritter shaming. I'm just like. I, <laughs> I'm very specific about my donuts and, you know, apple fritters are just complicated donuts. Your treats. <laughs> yeah. Picky about my treats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I like this one a lot. Um, I think we can do the podium this week because we do have beers from all, you know, we, we all shared the same beers this week. We did. I don't know if we, we can, but I don't know if we can. That's, this is going to be tough. Yeah. <sighs> Steve, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> All right. Uh, my bronze medal will go to the Save the TT's Hibiscus Tea Ale. I like it. It's fine. All the beers we drank tonight were good. It's just, I mean, that it's the most, you know, I don't want to say boringest one, <laughs> but but it's it's the less like the treats I love. <laughs> <laughs> don't treat shame steve yeah i'm not treat shaming i'm the one who loves treats <laughs> so yeah but i mean it's still a very fine drinking ale and you know the color is very impressive on it, it, it it's you know it's a nice easy drinker and it's refreshing but i guess maybe because it doesn't fall into a fall aesthetic of you know it's it, it's more of a spring summer drinker that's when it, that beer would really shine uh silver i'm gonna give to the apple fritter ale is also very good. It's very sweet and it's a yummy treat. 
but just the fact that the imperial pumpkin roll ale captures the flavor of a pumpkin roll ale just a little bit better is the reason why i'm going to give that one gold because it, it like it encompasses everything it has that nice blast of spice up front as well and it stands out from other pumpkin beers i drank ex- especially this year because i haven't had that many this year but this one is the the shat face is so flavorful in comparison to even ones we've had on the show this year that i can't you know i can't not give that one cold so yeah them's my rankings adam from the hop nation usa <laughs> ah good catch good catch you almost missed that one uh for me i'm going to go a little bit different uh i'm going to put the uh the oh my god look at her face uh the apple fritter beer in the bronze medal position uh and that's not to say it's a bad beer by any stretch of the imagination all three of these beers are really good and i i would be more than happy to hand any of these to my friends say hey it's good beer you're gonna like it it's gonna be okay um and I don't even really know why it's going in the bronze medal position. And I, and I think the biggest reason is because in the silver medal position with the, the bash cancer beer, uh, with the presentation, with the, the redness of it and the red and the purple is of it. And the fact that it is, you know, kind of hooked up with being able to, uh, to, uh, donate to, to charities, to cancer charities and things like that. I think that's the only reason that that one gets the silver medal position. Uh, so it's a very, you know, 1A, 1B situation. They're both really good beers. I'd be willing to drink both of them without a doubt again if, if the, and when the opportunity arises. Uh, but unfortunately, that pumpkin roll ale, whew, I, I would be willing to put that up against almost any pumpkin beer out there uh, on the market today. Uh, anyone that's on the shelf, put it up against that. Yeah, it'll give it a run for its money. So that one goes in the gold medal position and I'm going to, I'm going to have to find out a way to get more. Without a doubt. <laughs> well, you're just sure. have to, you'll have to donate to the bash brew fund and hopefully <laughs> he'll make, I'm okay with that. Two 10 gallon batches next year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we come to Adam Bashline. It's now time for you to rank your children. I was just going to say, you're making me rank my kids. Mm, yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> I'm Which gonna, one gets I'm, to go to college? I'm gonna also uh, put the save the TTs um, in the bronze medal position. Um, like like you said, it, it's a good beer, but uh, like Steve said, it's a good beer, but it's I will say boring compared to the other two. Um, I didn't take offense to that at all. It is a more normal beer than the other two, um, and it but it was a lot of fun to make. I really liked how it turned out. It'll be back again. Um, silver position for me is, oh my God, look at that face. Um, it's a good beer. It was only the second time we made that one. Um, so I would like to improve it a little bit. Um, but I think it's, it's still doing really well. And it was a struggle this year to make that one. Uh, it fought us on every step of the process. Um, and so the gold goes to Shack Faced Imperial Pumpkin Roll Stout for me as well because right on. i just love that beer i mean i mean come on how could it not be <laughs> yeah across the board i think everybody agrees yes 
All right. Well, with that, uh, Adam Bashline, why don't you just keep carrying on? Tell everybody where they can find you, how they can get in contact with you, if they're trying to get some beer from you, or just sure. uh, follow your homebrew adventures. Real quick, I wanted to plug um, Bash Brew, Fury Brewing, uh, Door Top Brewing, and I know a favorite brewery of this podcast, Couch Brewing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just did a four-way collab beer. That will be released at their, I guess they're calling it Back in Black, their former Blackout Festival um, this year. And it will be a pecan pie honey brown ale. Ooh. Imperial. I, I think we're, I think it's, it's going to be high. It's seven and a half, eight, somewhere, maybe even higher. You don't have to keep selling it. Yeah. I'm already <laughs> sold. Yeah. that up, uh. We brewed that up uh, last weekend, um, and my wife got to do the sign for that, so you'll see some Bash Brew-inspired artwork and a little bit of a wrestling theme. It's called The Four Horsemen. Nice. With a very comical label on it, if you know anybody from those four breweries. Um, so just keep a lookout for that. Um, There's the Mongo in that. <laughs> <laughs> no Mongo. There's no Mongo. <laughs> but uh Definitely uh, uh, for Bash Brew, uh, we're on Instagram at Bash underscore Brew, um, and we're on Facebook as Bash Brew, um, and I'm also on Facebook as Adam Bashline. So um, if you have any questions about the charity or what's coming up next, or if there's any uh, homebrewers or soon-to-be homebrewers that want to get into it and have questions, um, I'm here. I'm available. DM me on Instagram or Facebook or, or whatever you would like to do, and yeah, Hit me up. Awesome. All right. I can get you some beer somehow. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to get in contact with us, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA on your favorite uh, social media, which includes Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have questions about homebrewing, though, contact Adam Bashline. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher like Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everything else that has cast in the name because we're on every platform. I try to make sure that maintains. If you found a platform we're not on, tell me I'll put us on there. But if you're on any of these platforms, leave a five-star review because... We are a six Shatner show, but they only let us use Chris Pine. And that's a bigger crime than Halloween Resurrection. (laughs) (laughs) That movie stinks. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I want to give a nice thank you to Adam Bashline for coming on the show, as well as sharing his beers with us. All good things, and uh, we're also looking forward to more from him in the future. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I've I've wanted to do this for a long time. Yeah, and we and we can't wait to be at a homebrew fest with you guys and compete to to compete (laughs) and lose, and that's okay. Yeah, we're good with losing. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll put the sippy black ice against him any day. Gold medal on gold medal. That's right. When there's only two black IPAs in the category, you've got a 50-50 shot chance of winning. And I did. Medal winner. Never forget. That's right. They can't take it away from you, Steve. Yeah. All right. We'll be back next week with something new. 